The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network. Well, some of you may not like what I have to say, but come on, you want me to tell the truth, don't you? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. And this is why we're here, friends. This is why we're here, to be your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity, to help strengthen you in your walk, in your life, so that you can shine, so that you can make a greater impact, so that you can receive peace of mind and and, and clarity of heart and thinking as we work through the Word together and look at the world around us and seek biblical wisdom. Thanks so much for joining us. Here's the number to call, and I'm going to open the phone lines today to all questions of all kinds, from all backgrounds, friend or foe, as always, 866-348-7884. And I do intend to take some time taking calls today. So any question you want to ask me of any kind, you've tried to get through and other days weren't able or we weren't able to get to your call, today's a great day to call, 866-34-TRUTH. So yesterday, I'm at the dentist getting my regular cleaning and at the end of the cleaning, the lead dentist, it's, it's a couple, husband, wife, that, that run the, the dentistry. And they got a bunch of other dentists, great folks. And I don't know if they're all Christian there, but just about everybody that, that, that's taken care of me over the years, cleaning my teeth, helping set things up, one of the dentists, they're, they're all believers. So the, the, my main man comes in, and he just wants to do a quick little check to see any, any work needs to be done. And we begin talking. He said, hey, man, he said, I, I saw, he said, I, I know that guy, I know that guy. And he was somehow on MSN, and he was reading something. Maybe they were just showing a news story from Newsweek from, I don't know, a couple of weeks back. And it was a story about, you know, one year later, the failed Trump prophecies, and there's been very little repenting and very little accountability. And there's my picture. He goes, first, it looked like you were the guy with the bad prophecies, but then you were the guy calling for accountability and so on and talking about the deception. So we're chatting about that. So I I wonder, I don't think there was anything on MSN news that I was aware of. Maybe it was Newsweek. So I I just got online to check out of curiosity and and began to, to see things popping up, you know, ongoing new words, false words. And and then I spotted this article that I had written a a year ago. All right. So it's, it's, uh, here it is on our website, sdrbrown.org, January 21st of 2021. So a little over a a year ago, basically a year and a week. And it's a strong appeal to those who prophesied Trump's reelection. And, and I wrote this opening paragraph. January 20th is passed, and Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, is the president of the United States. To all those who prophesied that Trump would serve a second consecutive term and assured us that he would be inaugurated on the 20th, I appeal to you in the strongest possible terms, admit your error, take full responsibility, and do not under any circumstances continue to put a false hope into the hearts of God's people, meaning those who voted for Trump. So anyway, I, I then posted this on Facebook and Twitter and said, hey, one year later, and there's still very little repentance, there's still very little accountability, there's still very, re- very little recognition of, of what went wrong, and, and we need to address it. 
I'm a charismatic. I'm a Pentecostal. I believe in the gift of prophecy today. I believe in prophetic ministry today. So this grieves me all the more. It brings reproach to the name of Jesus. It makes Christians in general, because they all get broad-breast associated with this evangelicalism, makes a broad audience look bad. It brings a mockery to the things of the Spirit. And I fully understand those who are non-charismatic or critics of the charismatic movement, how this would be to them. Yes, yeah, there you go. There are these guys there. They're all flaking. I understand how it looks. It's grievous. So I posted it on Facebook, and then I noticed, sometimes I'll check on comments as I'm able. For, for the most part, I'm not. But sometimes I'll check, and I noticed some people, why are you doing this? Just trying to be mischievous. Just trying to stir trouble. Why are you posting this now? So I thought, well, let's make this a teachable moment. So I, I, I posted this. I wrote this one excuse me, I wrote this more than one year ago, and Biden is still president, and Trump has still not been reinstated. No surprise. Read more by clicking on the picture below. And then I added this in a few hours later. For those wondering why I'm bringing this up again, it's because to this day, many who prophesied Trump's reinstatement or guaranteed Biden would never be in the White House, or who espoused various QAnon theories, have still not come to grips with this deception either sweeping it under the rug as if it never happened or coming up with new prophecies or rationalizing it away. This is dangerous and destructive and must be confronted. That's what love requires. That's what being a shepherd requires. This is for the good of the sheep. This is for the honor of God's name. If you remember, when I announced on January 6th last year that Trump would not be inaugurated later that month, I was rebuked for my lack of faith and was told I'm undermining people. And they said, the inauguration is a few weeks out. Watch what happens. Then, when nothing happened, and I pointed it out, I was told, this is way too raw. We need time to heal. Talk to us about this later. A few months later, when the latest prophecies of Biden's removal and Trump's reinstatement had failed, and, and, and folks, remember, all these, are, are you, this military is going to take over. Biden's going to be exposed as a pedophile. He's going to be removed. Trump's about to come back. It's all about to happen. Okay, so this went on for months. So when it didn't happen, I addressed the issue again for the purposes of integrity and accountability. And I, was, and I was told, there's still time. Just watch. Then last month, when I said, look, we're almost in 2022 and none of this has happened, I was told, why don't you just move on? Why can't you let go of this? So for the last year plus, it has never been the right time for me to address these issues, according to those I've been trying to help. And tonight, meaning last night, as I felt burdened about them again, knowing how many believers were hurt and deceived, I posted this article. So let us acknowledge our errors. Let us receive grace from the Lord. Let us learn from our mistakes and let us move on. Otherwise, the next time around will be even worse. That's why I'm bringing this up, friends. One last word to the few who posted judgmental posts ascribing wrong motives to me in posting this, I forgive you from the heart and I encourage you to step higher. Let me just say this. I never post anything without a righteous motive before the Lord. It doesn't mean everything I post is true. It doesn't mean everything I post is wise or timely. But I, I am never just trying to stir up trouble. I am never just trying to stir up controversy. I am never just trying to get eyes on a page. That's carnal. That's fleshly. That's contrary to everything I understand and know about how to honor the Lord and do the work of ministry. So if I post something controversial, there is a purpose in it. And in this case, friends, the, the purpose 
was to say, it's a year later. People just like, kind of forgot about it or swept it under the rug. No, we can't do that. The QAnon conspiracies and all the things that were going to be revealed and the, the great Q awakening, it didn't happen. It was all a myth. It'll never happen. Trump being reinstated and Biden being removed, it's not going to happen. May, is, is it possible Trump will win in tw- run in 2024? Could be. Could it be that he'll win in 2024? Could be. I'd like to find a far better candidate this time around because so much damage was ultimately done by Donald Trump. It's hard to balance out the tremendous good on so many fronts that he absolutely did do. And it's possible come 2024, I won't be able to vote for either candidate for president. Don't, don't know. That's, that's, that's a long ways off. But people are already hearing the latest new prophecies. No, you don't get to do that. Sorry, if you're a leader in the body, if you claim to be bringing prophetic words, if you said ABC will happen by this date, thus saith the Lord, and ABC does not happen by, thus, by that date, and, and there are no conditions in your word and no conditions given in the Bible, right? Then you're wrong. You need to publicly, as publicly as you got the message out, you need to publicly that publicly acknowledge your error. And then you need to seek the Lord, get godly counsel from peers and from even leaders above you that you're accountable to, to find out why you got something so publicly wrong. Learn from it, and then when there is demonstrable repentance and, 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 and desire to move forward in humility, then let the Lord use you, but even then, be more wise in the way you present things. Now, you don't just get to, oh, Mulligan, we go on. No, no, that's not how it works. Now, look, if I'm in a local church and, and I have a sense that this, this guy I know, I'm not close with him, but I know him, that he's going through a real difficult time, that he's under like real heavy oppression. And I go over to him and say, hey, I feel the Lord showed me that you're under some kind of heavy oppression. He goes, no, I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm thriving. Really? I mean, I'm doing great. Thanks. He's like, okay. I, I sense that wrong. That's not, okay, fine. All you said was, I, I feel this. I think this. It's another thing as a national leader to get up and say, thus saith the Lord. And, and, and then to keep twisting it and changing it. And well, it happened in the spirit. It didn't happen. Forget it. It didn't happen in the spirit. Trump is not the president in the spirit. Even if the election was stolen, even if you're convinced of that, the fact is you told us that Trump would be sitting in the White House, not Biden. You told us he'd had eight consecutive years. You told us that. And that was false. That was wrong. Now, I've played clips. In times past, I've named names. I've played clips. I've, I have a whole book due to come out in the fall that deals with a, a lot of what went wrong, two whole chapters on the, on the failed prophecies. And, and, and I do give quotes, and I do give links, and I do have names, okay? There are times to do it, and there are times to just talk about general issues. This is one of these times where we've named names and played clips on the air. And I've tried to reach people privately in some cases, unsuccessfully. So, look, there are leaders who launch these whole prayer movements. And you watch, the election's going to be overturned. You watch this, and, and the church is going to take, take back control. And you watch, and none of it happened. And now they go on saying, we need to pray for revival. It's like, it's like you switch the thing. You start it with this, and now you come up with something else. Acknowledge the error. Of course, there's the larger error of how so many in the church got so obsessed with politics and put it ahead of, of the Great Commission. There is the fact that in so many ways we wrapped 
the gospel and the American flag as if the MAGA message was the same as the preaching of the cross. In, in so many ways, we ourselves became carnal. Those are grievous issues. Those are things that moving forward we want to get right because the role of the church in society is very important. And even the role of the church in politics in a righteous, godly way is very important. So friends, let's learn, let's humble ourselves, let's repent, let's grow, and let's get things right moving forward. Is, is that too much to ask as, as a shepherd, as, as a watchman, as a leader in the body? Is that too much to ask? All right. We will be right back. In fact, I'm going to go straight to your calls when we come back. 866-34-TRUTH some of it. And I am so grateful to God that his spirit lives in me. You know, when I was sick with, with COVID, some of you went through just completely wiped out. I mean, no motivation, no sense of, of faith or closeness. I was just wiped out for several days in the midst of it. And I began to think what a gift it is that, that there's only a joy in me and a, and a God confidence and a faith not because of who I am, but because of who he is. If it was based on who I am, I would have thrown him the towel a long time ago. But based on who he is, he is, Jesus is building his ecclesia. He is building his messianic family. He is building his church. And the gates of hell cannot, will not overcome it. 866-34-TRUTH. Okay, I said I'm going straight to the calls. Just about. After I take a bunch of calls, as promised, as we've said, 2022 is a year for taking back ground. I'm going to give you a bunch of further examples, and I'll do this probably every week, a bunch of further examples of pushback in the society to encourage you, a lot of it just in the world. Here's the other thing. I just saw this post. This was posted five hours ago, but I just saw it now on Facebook. I'm not going to mention the woman's name publicly so as to embarrass her, but it is a public post. This is what she said in response to what you just heard me read about Trump being reinstated. Trump is currently commander and chief. Biden is gone, Gitmo. Actor, in fact, in fake White House. He, Trump, will appear when Jesus gives him the okay. JB is a legitimate, never sworn in. It's a movie playing. The ending is near. Far as I know, the person who posted that actually believes that. What do you say with that level of delusion? Except God help that person. God deliver them from deception. All right, we go to the phone starting in Maryland. Gabriel, welcome to the line of fire. Oh, uh, good morning. Good morning, good afternoon. afternoon. Afternoon, actually, yeah. Yep. Um, so I was calling about numbers 
2417, mm-hmm. in which the prophet Balaam uh, gave a messianic prophecy. Yes. And I guess my question is, should a bad actor such as him be even considered a prophet? That's one. Um, and then some thoughts on this is, uh, the spirit is the spirit of truth and of certainty, not confusion. And so even if an enemy uh, wants to condemn or wants to misguide the church, they can't really, not through the true spirit. So to say that a false prophecy came from the spirit makes no sense. To me. Right, so it's a true prophecy that came from the spirit through a fallen human being because God is sovereign, and just like he spoke through Balaam's donkey, he can speak through Balaam. John, the 11th chapter, says that Caiaphas prophesied. So here was an ungodly chief priest who ultimately wanted to put Jesus to death, a corrupt man. But the Holy Spirit spoke through him because he was in the office of the high priest. So God can speak through whomever he wants to speak, but he will speak the truth through that person. So Balaam was a false prophet who ends up being put to death by the Israelites. He counseled Balak as to how to seduce Israel into sin so they would fall under God's judgment because he was unable to curse them himself. His words are now even included in the, in the Jewish prayer book, the Siddur. But it is the spirit of truth. So if God had the power to speak through Balaam's donkey, he had the power to speak through Balaam. What happened to Balaam? Balaam himself died as a result of his sin and his greed. Caiaphas is ultimately guilty in God's sight for being complicit in the crucifixion of Jesus, and yet the Spirit spoke through him. In the Old Testament, the Spirit came on King Saul when he was trying to kill David, and he began to prophesy, as, as, as happened also with the men that he sent to capture David. So God can take over and do whatever he wants and speak through whomever he wants, and it was clearly God confounding the attempts to curse Israel and say, no, I'm going to bless. So that's the power of God. That's the truth of God. If, if God was the author of confusion, it would mean that he sent two contrary messages through two different people, or that, that he took an idolatrous prophet, gave them a true word in the name of their false God and confirmed it with a miracle. That would be confusion. But for God to speak truthfully through a donkey, through a corrupt high priest, through a pagan prophet, or through a believer, that's his power. He's able to do that, and it's to his glory. All right, hey, well, with that, that's my answer. I appreciate the question. And it's a fine question. It's a valid question. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go over to Willie in Kentucky. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Good afternoon, Dr. Brown. Hey, uh, I got a question concerning water baptism. Um, I know I listen to your show a lot, and I really appreciate how you rightly divide things. <clears throat> and so I've I've kind of gravitated away from denominational stuff. I'm kind of skeptic. I'm, I watch everything, and usually the way I see it, you know, the the things that are going the biggest, the biggest churches, not necessarily the church, the denominational world, kind of gravitates toward the wrong thing. You know, a lot of times, like you know, the pre-tribulation rapture and things, and uh, so I've kind of got away from that also, but. Anyways, uh, the baptism in Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and then the Jesus-only, Jesus-name baptism. I was baptized 
both ways. One pastor told me I was baptized wrong. I had to be rebaptized in Jesus' name. And so I did that. But I haven't heard you talk about like scripture wise. What what would the early church have done? You know, how how would what would the formula have been on that? Yeah, I, uh, uh, thanks, Willie. And and listen, let me encourage you to see the good that God is doing in different churches and groups, even though none of us can claim perfection, right, in, in our doctrine or morality or anything. You know, we're, we're all seeking to honor the Lord. But, you know, Nancy and I were talking late last night that as the decades have gone on, I'm dogmatic, life and death dogmatic, about a number of key things and many others. Yeah, could be this way, could be that way. In, in, in other words, initially I thought everything I believed about every last thing was, was right and I was the, you know, etc. My church, we were right. So, so you realize there's a big body out there. And that just means that just like in my life, there's good and, and there's stuff that's not so good, the same in your life. So it's going to be the same with churches and groups. So try not to make a blanket evaluation, but, but you know, get to know each body for, for what it is. That being said, the, one of the reasons that this teaching of baptism in Jesus' name uh, is, is, is not more widely held when you have certain verses and acts that could point in that direction, it's because of the overwhelming testimony of the early church of, of baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The earliest documents, you can jot this down, Willie, and, and then check uh, when we're off the air. Uh, it, it's didache, D-I-D-A-C-H-E. So it looks like didache. It's didache, D-I-D-A-C-H-E. C-H-E. It's, it's one of the earlier church documents. It, it means the 12, the teaching of the 12, as if it came from the first 12 apostles. That's unlikely that it came from them, but it does reflect some of the earliest church tradition. So you can read the whole Didache online. It's not long. Or just type in Didache water baptism, and you'll, you'll see what's discussed there. Baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So hopefully that's helpful to you. You can also just type in early church fathers, water baptism, father, son, spirit, and you'll see that, that this was understood from Matthew 28 to be the way that things were done. You say, well, where does the name of Jesus fit in? It could be calling on the name of Jesus, that the person being baptized was calling on Jesus to save them, it could also mean being baptized into Jesus. That's the way it's described. Some in Acts that they're baptized into Jesus. So you're baptized into his death and resurrection. So dead to sin, alive to God, baptized into the body of Christ. Those are all elements of baptism, and quote, in Jesus' name. But the formula, as best as we understand it from Matthew and in the early church, was in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. By the way, the church where I got saved, the way I was baptized was in the name of Jesus, excuse me, in the name of the Father and Jesus Christ, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because the pastor thought, hey, just in case there's something to baptism in Jesus' name, you know, mentioned so much in Acts, then let's just make sure we include it. So that's actually how I was baptized, in the name of the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, thank you for the call. Okay, we're going to go right back the phone's on the other side of the break. We have a tremendous vision, friends. Believe it's from the Lord after much, much prayer and seeking his face to greatly expand the line of fire broadcast in 2022 and to get into as many new stations as we can. So think if, if we've been a blessing to you, 
you can now help us be a blessing to others. I, I know when I get something I really like or enjoy, be it a book or some music or a place I've eaten, I, I want to share that immediately with others and bring others along to enjoy it. So if we blessed you, you can now help us equip, strengthen so many others, by God's grace, millions across America. Can you help us with $1 a day? $1 a day. For some, that's a lot. For others, hey, we can do it. For others, yes, by faith. Go to askdrbrown.org, askdrbrown.org. Click on Donate, and then Monthly Support. Become a torchbearer today, $1 or more per day, so $3 per month, and we pour back into you free online classes, new messages every month, exclusive video content. So we pour back into you as you stand with us to help us reach many more. AskDrBrown.org. Click on Donate, Monthly Support. Thank you. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. We have encouraged you, friends, to say 2022 is a year for taking back ground, for, for pushback. No, we are not talking about the church taking over society. I repudiate the doctrine of dominionism. And when it comes to the so-called Seven Mountain Mandate, these various cultural mountains from education to entertainment to media, etc. There are two different ways to understand that. One is that for the church to be most effective in evangelism and discipleship, it should infiltrate every major area of society with disciples and seek to make a positive impact. I agree with that. I think that's absolutely right and true. There is another concept of Seven Mountain Mandate that the church must take over all of these different cultural mountains before Jesus returns. That I categorically reject. But I do believe that our light is to be shining brighter. I do believe our salt is to be saltier. I do believe we are to see a greater demonstration of the gospel in America than we have seen in generations. I do believe that as God's people stand with boldness and walk out their convictions in love and serve a dying world around them, that we will see positive change in the midst of junk and apostasy and sin and corruption. How far will it go? I don't know. America will not be perfectly righteous until Jesus returns. But you know what I'd love to see before I leave this world? If, if, I, don't, if I don't get to see Jesus return, which is the ultimate goal in the flesh, if I don't get to see that, my goal is that when I leave this world, that America is more God-fearing, that America is more family-friendly, that America is more moral, that more people than ever have heard the gospel and been converted around the world, and that more Jewish people than ever have been saved. I would love to see those things happen. So I want to encourage you just with examples in the world around us that what we've been saying for years, that there's a pushback, that there's a gospel-based moral and cultural revolution, as well as the left overplaying its hand to the point that others even in the world begin to push back. Here are some examples. Then I'm going back to the phones, 866-348-7884. Here's an article on Andrew Sullivan's website. You say, who's Andrew Sullivan? One of the most influential homosexual bloggers ever, ever. 
uh, he, he's learned it. He's got the doctorate. Of course, we deeply differ on many, many issues. But, but look at what Andrew Sullivan, leading homosexual intellectual, look at what he wrote. The trans movement is not about rights anymore. This is January 14th. It's about a cultural revolution and the abolition of biological sex. I mean, that could be written by any number of conservative Christian leaders, those very words. And here it is, gay activist, gay blogger, very influential thinker, okay? And a human being loved by God for whom Jesus dies. Isn't, isn't that interesting that he is saying that? We, we've been telling you about uh, overplaying of the hands and, and, and what happens. Okay, how about this on the Daily Wire? This was also January 14th. Two university RAs, so resident assistants and working on the dorms, things like that, spoke out against schools' woke racial and gender training. They say they've received death threats. There's people saying you're going to all kinds of extremes. You are raising up this oppressive class that is dividing and, and, and misleading and hurting others. Okay, uh, it's bad that they're getting death threats, but speaking out. Uh, how about this? January 16th, this we, t- we, we commented on, but uh, just to come back to it, revival and reformation is needed. Canadian pastors speaking out about the new law that threatens to criminalize evangelism. Um, here's another headline. Now, that's same thing, thousands of churches raised up. We, we, we talked about that. How about this tweet from Abigail Schreier, author of Irreparable Damage, talking about the, the terrible damage being done to teenage girls who identify as trans and have mutilating surgery and, 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 and hormone therapy only to terribly regret it. She says in a tweet, New York Times now admits teens requesting cross-sex hormones are vulnerable to peer influence, vulnerable to irreversible fertility loss, maybe an emotional distress, may detransmission. And she writes, all the news that was obvious two years ago, but it, the New York Times, wouldn't print. Friends, the pushback continues. Okay, how about this one? How about this one? This was posted on Fox News, and it was uh, six days ago. Caitlyn Jenner. So, Bruce, Caitlyn Jenner. Woke world, not working for women's sports. Jenner, maybe the most famous trans person in America, one of the most, right, allegedly male to female. Jenner says biological males should not be playing women's sports as NCAA reviews transgender athlete policy. The pushback is coming on many, many different fronts. We've told you it would happen, friends. As it's happening, be encouraged because ultimately it's good that Andrew Sullivan's saying what he says. And again, I pray that he'll know the Lord and the love of God and transforming power of the spirit in his life. It's good that Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner is saying what he's saying. I pray that he will truly come to know the Lord and find wholeness the way God made him. It's good they're saying what they're saying, but it's up to us, the people of God, the followers of Jesus, the leaders in the body to lead the way, to show the better way, to say, hey, God's ways are best. But be encouraged. The pushback is continuing. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to Peter in Cleveland, Ohio. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Uh, thank you, Dr. Brown, for taking my call. Um, I really do appreciate uh, what you've said about the abuses and the prophetic you know, proclamations, and you've brought very godly counsel. 
regarding that. And, and in fact, some of this nonsense about uh, that Biden's not really in the White House, they're getting a lot of this from a yeah. certain website. And if you'd like, I could send that to Dylan. I have Dylan's email address. I don't want to give them any publicity, but okay. someone I went through seminary with tells me about all this stuff he gets from this one website. And it, it's just that same playbook from like this woman that just, you know, wrote you. Yeah. And, and by, but, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. sad, yeah, please do send it. Uh, sadly, it's not just going to be one main website. You know what I'm saying? There. Well, that's true. Yeah, there's so much that's out there. There may be a prominent yeah. one or kind of a fountainhead yeah, for it. But, good point. Good but point. I, I talked to a colleague of mine, a ministry friend last year, who was espousing line for line QAnon conspiracy theories, line for line. When I lovingly confronted him, he said, I don't know anything about QAnon. I said, you're quoting it like verbatim, ver- wow. verbatim. So the stuff gets out there. And then, mm-hmm. and then it, it comes through gospel channels, it comes through Christian leaders, and they think it's some insight from Scripture. Or, right, right, uh, right. And, and all I know is all these people tell me, well, I have inside government sources, and they're telling me, watch what's going to happen. Well, none of it happened. None of it happened. Wow. But, wow. So how far does it go? Now you actually deny reality. I mean, that's how far it goes. It's one thing if you say, I believe the elections were stolen. Oh, okay, fine. I, I don't think you could make that case, but... Fine. If I mean, the longer I've watched, the longer I've waited for evidence, I just haven't seen it. But that's one thing, if you believe it. Or, well, the media and big tech, they stole the election from Trump in different ways. Yeah, you make a case for that. But that he's the actual president in God's sight, and that Biden is not actually there. I guess it's some shapeshifter or some act, the actor must be really good because yeah. he's convincing. But, it's oh, God, very God, delusional and very God help us. God, mm-hmm. Okay, back to you. Yeah, and but real quick, my question uh, won't take you long to answer, but uh, just wanted to mention that we do have some you know, personal friends in common. In fact, I was with Dr. Phil Gigliotti yesterday, and he very kindly gave you a copy of my recent book, so thank you for accepting that. You, you, you can, recall. Ha- hang on, hang on. Since uh, I do know the, the title of the book, feel free. Uh, I, I'm glad you didn't mention it, so that was the humble mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. Feel free and take 30 seconds, tell folks the name of the book, and what it's about. Well, thank you so much. The book is called Resisting Potiphar's Wife. And uh, I was tripped up unexpectedly by some impure images in 2004, and I immediately was transparent with the body of Christ, the men of faith, that uh, you know, like iron sharpens iron, that I could reach out to, and even my wife. But it was an on-and-off-again on battle, and I just didn't think the resources out there were quite what I was looking for, and it took me many years, but uh, during the shutdown in 2020, I wrote Resisting Potiphar's Wife. It's published. You can get it on Amazon. It's just a daily devotional, sort of like my daily bread. So 31 days a month, you can turn to that scripture verse and some amplification for how you might get the victory that is ours through God's Word and God's powerful Spirit. Okay, wonderful. Great. So your question, sir. Um, I am a, a pastor here in Northeast Ohio, and... Uh, Recently, I was on the phone with someone, and we prayed for his wife. And something that just came out kind of spontaneously um, was, I, I, we said, I, I just said, I plead the blood of Christ over Linda, you know, that this you know, affliction would go away, and blah, blah. And as soon as I got off the phone, I just wanted to call you, this was weeks ago, and say, you know, I don't know exactly when I picked that up in my, you know, good influences from the churches here to Larry Tomzak and on and on and on, but I've done it before, I've heard it others, we plead the blood of Christ for this healing power, but is that biblical and sound to be praying that? Yeah, so 
th- thanks for the question, Peter. Uh, number one, I don't think that God is watching every single word to make sure we got it perfectly right the way we prayed. Many times he's looking at the heart and the generality of what we're expressing. So in that sense, asking God through what Jesus has done on the cross to bring healing to this person, yes, that's legitimate and right. And I I believe God would understand that as we're praying it. As to the actual phrase, plead the blood of Christ, it's very common in many of our circles, uh, probably outside of charismatic circles as well, probably used as Baptist circles and others, but it's, it's not an actual phrase found in Scripture. And I would therefore ask anyone that uses it to really try to say, okay, what do you mean by that? What are you praying? So you're, you're praying based on his merit. You're praying based on what he did. And, and just as the blood was, was put over the house of the Israelites, the Passover lamb, and, and the destroying angel would pass by and not touch them, you're, you're pleading for, for the blood of Christ over your life, protection, etc. But I just say it's worth really studying out what do we mean by it, and then what of that meaning is scriptural and is not. So don't get hung up like, oh, I can never pray it again but try to understand more what it means, and then you may find other words with which to express it. But again, God beyond that is looking at the heart and seeing the intent and the, if in general what we're praying lines up with his will and his word. Hey, thank you for the call. We'll be right back. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the Line of Fire, 866-34-TRUTH. Have you visited mightevinmission.com yet? No? Take a few minutes. Go over there. It is the health supplement website from my friend, Dr. Mark Stengler recently voted Doctor of the Decade, one of the nation's leading naturopathic doctors, brilliant man, and a lover of Jesus. And he's partnered with our ministry. When you go to vitaminmission.com, check out the health supplements, which again are supplements. So seek to live a healthy life and add these in. They'll be of great benefit. Many, many different products. You get a special discount using the code that's there on the website. Dr. Stangler, in turn, turns around and makes a donation to our ministry to help us reach more people. So it's Win-win for everyone, vitaminmission.com. Okay, we go back to the phones, starting with David in Texas. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Hey, Dr. Brown. First, let me say I'm so glad that you're feeling better and good to see you back on your feet, and I'm looking forward to having you on my show in the future. Yes, sir. Um, okay, yeah, I figured out who the David was based on the description, but, but thanks, and thanks for praying for me right, when I was sick. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. But it could have been recognized by the beard. But anyways, uh, yeah, so the Trump prophecies, and I'm going to say this as someone who did prophesy that, and I had to publicly repent, and it hurt, but it was the right thing to do. And I know that many of these people, which I emailed Dylan about, are still going on with these words. I guess my, my thing for, for people should be, 
how can we uh, better discern uh, which prophets to follow and which not? Because I believe we have a problem with we rush in, we see something that glitters like gold, and we say, oh, wow, that must be true, but we don't step back and wait. So maybe you could give us uh, some advice. How do we apply proper yeah. biblical discernment in this arena? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. And by the way, David, I would have recognized the beard if I could see uh, uh, someone calling in, but that's, yeah, God did not give me a vision. So just, it's the name and the description. Okay, so uh, number one, we, we must, to the extent we can, know the person's life and doctrine, right? So, so Matthew 7 warns us against false prophets and says you'll know them by their fruit. And when there's a test in Scripture, there's the creedal test and there's the moral test. What does this person hold to in terms of the fundamentals of the faith? There are things we can debate, you know, end times, different things. There are things we can debate, and then there are non-negotiable fundamentals. Okay, so in terms of those non-negotiable fundamentals, we examine what that person teaches, preaches, and, and then other emphases. In other words, there may be other dangerous emphases. Maybe they're not an actual heretic, but there's some significant error. So that's something step away from, just like a teacher, step away from. Also, is that person accountable to other leaders, and do they have a track record of godly life? If they've been in and out of scandals, if they're, you know, in their fourth divorce, if they're, you know, God told me I married the wrong woman kind of nonsense, you just, you don't follow them. All right? You just don't follow them. So then, okay, what do you look for next? Well, if they're bringing prophetic words, not so much in terms of thus saith the Lord, but what the Spirit, for the future, but what the Spirit is saying for now, is that person bringing a message that, that turns people to God? Is that person bringing a message that calls for repentance of sin? Or is that person just one of these tickling ears? Just with wonderful, oh, you're, everything is wonderful and everybody's going to be rich and prosperous and, and there's never rebuke, there's never correction. There, and, and even if that is done, pull the person aside privately. If all the words are just glowing, wonderful, superstar, amazing, and there's never in it any content of calling for repentance or change, big question mark you put there. And then lastly, is there a good track record of words coming to pass? If you've had someone in your church over a 10-year period, and they've given you, they've delivered many public words about what's going to happen in that church, and called out individuals and identified things in their own lives and talked about what was going to happen, and after 10 years say, wow, I mean, they brought three significant words when they heard, and every one of them came true. And they called out about 10 different people with remarkable accuracy, and those people were touched, and those words came to pass. Well, then, when they do speak, everything is still tested, but it's like, okay, I I need to pay more attention because this person has quite a track record. Now, maybe in your own life is how you get to evaluate it better. I've had some people over the years who have really been called to pray for me and to stand with my ministry, and and if one of them contacts me and says, Dr. Brown, I feel there's some really heavy attack coming against you. And I feel the key thing is just to spend some time, extended time praying, fasting. I'm going to take that very seriously because of their track record. If they say, hey, we really believe some breakthroughs coming if we step into a faith. Now, of course, my own relationship with God always comes first. I never, ever, ever would imagine acting on something because 
a prophet tells me, unless I'm sure in my own heart it's the right thing to do, and of course it has to be scripturally right, can't be contrary to scripture. But what's the track record? So look at the person doctrinally, look at the person morally, look to see that there's a content of truth and repentance and not just only always positive, even flesh-exalting words. And then, lastly, do the words come to pass with regularity? And, and those would be the key things to look at. Hey, David, appreciate the call and look forward to talking to you further. All right, let's go over to Cornelius. I'm not sure how to pronounce your nickname, so we'll just go with Cornelius in Dayton. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Hello, Dr. Brown. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. And I appreciate your ministry a lot of years. Thank you. Um, um, I want to just put this out there, and maybe you'll have some response. Um, I'm a Pentecost, I have a Pentecostal background, just like you. Uh, when are we going to have a good discussion between oneness Pentecostal? and Trinitarian Pentecostal. Because I've realized that we keep misrepresenting one another a lot. I was raised Trinitarian Pentecostal, but when I study our history and the history of the Church, even in the later years, I discover that a lot of the information even that I received was not really true. So I believe that um, we really need to sit down and have a good discussion. I know one main reason is the accusation, the pointing finger, that you are not safe, I am not safe, mm-hmm. um, that we keep pointing at one another. Yeah. So I think it is very important that, we, especially when it comes to salvation, um, before I know my time is going up, but, um, but one thing I'm thinking about is, even when the oneness movement started here in the United States, they were not saying that Trinitarians are not saved because you had Pentecostal Church Incorporated and Pentecostal Assemblies of Jesus Christ that became UPCI. And PCI was more friendly to Trinitarians, but over the years, PAJC people made UPC more radical than what it is today. So personally, now I lean oneness on the Godhead, but I am still friends with Trinitarians. Yes. So, yeah. So, let me jump in. First, I love your spirit in terms of wanting to be ironic, in terms of not being so quick to condemn someone else to hell who claims to be a fellow believer in in the death and resurrection of Jesus and the only Savior for our sins. Let's not just be so quick to condemn that person to hell if they have a doctrinal deviation in our eyes. That's first thing. Second thing, let's recognize how radical large parts of the oneness movement are. And they have terribly erroneous teachings, not just about the Godhead, but that if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, or if you're not baptized in Jesus' name by one of their bishops, that you're hellbound. Or if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. And I am a tongue speaker. Those are terribly dangerous, erroneous doctrines. That's the second thing. Third thing, I believe in God's complex unity and God making himself known to us as eternal Father, Son, and Spirit, based on Scripture. The fact that the creeds teach that in greater articulation, in some cases going way beyond the language of the Bible. 
But the fact that the creeds take the, teach that is of interest to me, but secondary. I'm convinced of this based on the witness of Scripture. Now, Dr. James White and I have talked about this many a time. I do believe there are oneness Pentecostals saved because they do not fully understand the implications of what oneness teaches. And 1 John 2 says, if you have the Son, you have the Father also. So I have met oneness Pentecostals to the best of my knowledge interacting with them. They were born-again people who believed the fundamentals but had certain error about the Godhead, but they had the Son and didn't fully understand the other things they were rejecting. Dr. White would press and say, if you rightly understand oneness doctrine, it denies the eternal son, and therefore they don't have the son either. So I see this as a grave fundamental error that needs to be turned from. I absolutely emphasize that there is one God and one God only. But clearly in Scripture, there is a Father, there is a Son, there is a Spirit, and they exist together as one and work together as one. Now, perhaps at some point I could have a oneness scholar, Dr. David Bernard, come on. I'm sure he'd make a very serious presentation. Perhaps we can have some dialogue to clarify what we do and don't believe. But I do see it fundamentally as a grave unscriptural error to be rejected. That being said, let's continue to talk. May the blessing and smile of the Lord be upon you. And let's keep rising up in Jesus' name. Another program powered by the Truth Network.